highly recommend, as we're at home right now, as I was saying, Brother Jim Moore from uh, down around Richlands, Virginia, uh, Brother Lynn Howes, whom we all know, J.W. Lumen, Raven Bird, all these folks are on YouTube, and many more that you can go and spend some time uh, while, you, you know, while we're at home. It doesn't have to be binge-watching Netflix. You can spend some time listening to the Word. Brother Lynn was doing a series. I think he's moved on. I'm still in his uh, older series, The Seven I Am's of God, or of Jesus, out of the book of John. And it's phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. So you can, you can get in there and you can spend time listening to some ministry. Uh, all the recordings that I've done back when I started doing Podbean is on YouTube as well. You can go get those recordings on YouTube. They're there in just a audio form. This will be the first attempt of a of a video form this morning, and we'll see how it works. I'm doing both audio and video, but they're there. So you could go back, and uh, I mentioned this before. I think I started the Revelation series in about July of last year. You can go back and look. You can go through the whole series. Take notes. Stop it. Listen to it. Uh, question it. Uh, come with comments. You can. You if you're you're here live, you can. Question me anytime. If you're if you see this, you can uh, write write in questions. I'm I'm wide open to it. I do not believe I have all the answers to the Book of Revelation by any stretch of the imagination, but I believe the Lord does. I believe He fully understands that book and He can fully make us understand its content. I don't believe that He would have given us a book in the Bible to read and just baffle us for our whole lives. I don't believe that. I believe it was there that, that God could use it to reveal Himself through His Word, through His Son, in our hearts. And back in Revelation chapter 1, we're, we're still, this is the fifth lesson I've done on out of his mouth proceedeth a sharp two-edged sword. This is the fifth lesson, maybe the last, we'll see. And his countenance was as the sun that shineth in his strength. And just a comment, something I was looking at, as last week I began to deal with the sword in relationship to circumcision. It, that, that here, and he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth proceeded a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shot up in his strength. And we dealt with that countenance uh, a few weeks back. But as that sword does its work in us, and we're circumcised in our heart, we come right into the light of his countenance. We move from the understanding of the flesh into the light of Christ. And that's really what circumcision does, is it removes the veil of flesh that's upon our hearts, that the life and the light of the Lord can shine through us. And, and like I said last week, Hebrews 4, verse 12, 
says the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Last week I, I, I made a comment. This, If you read this, this whole chapter, four, actually three to four, and you look at verse 12, you even go from 11 to 12, you may ask yourself, why is this here? It, doesn't, it seems like it's just thrown into this Scripture. Verse 11 says, Therefore let us be diligent to enter that rest so that no one will fail, fall through following the same example of disobedience. For the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. See, look at this. How does 12 go with 11? Because he's talking about being diligent to enter the rest of God. And chapter 3 and chapter 4 is dealing with the rest of God. That God rested on the seventh day. That Israel, you, you know, as they were entering into Canaan land, that was a type of rest. As Joshua entered them, you know, brought them into the land of Canaan, that was a rest. But, but if Joshua, you know, that chapter 3 or 4, 1 says, if Joshua had given him rest, there would have been no other, no reason for David to declare of another day of rest. That would have been it. But Joshua was speaking of a time that we would have rest with God. But in this last week, it just began to deal with my heart. Here in verse 12, the Word of God is sharp and powerful. Uh, sharper than any two-edged sword. Quick and powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. It, it, it's dealing with coming into rest. And going back and reading the story of, of Joshua puts it in context because as they entered into Canaan land, they had to be circumcised in the natural. They were circumcised in the natural. And we dealt with that last week. That, and, and, and you know, it just hit me it, probably even more as I was speaking that the most intimate part of man was what was circumcised. And that's speaking of your heart. You know, that was in the natural, but God wanted to circumcise the heart. Everything that was done in the natural was toward God's purposes in Christ, toward you and I. So, so we come into Colossians 2. I don't want to repeat all of last week, but moving on into Colossians 2 and verses 10 through 17. The writer here says, You are complete in Him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also you are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Buried with Him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with Him 
through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised Him from the dead. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath He quickened together with Him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to His cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of the things to come. But the body is of Christ. And we'll stop there. So, you're complete in Him, which is the head of all principality and power. In Him, you're circumcised with a circumcision made without hands and putting off the bodies of the sin, body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Now, now this should bring a question in your mind. Do you still have a body of flesh? Do you still have a body that you're walking around in in the earth? You do, don't you? So, so would that make this body of the sins of the flesh different than the body you're walking around in? Something to consider. I'm, I'm asking you to think because he's saying here that we put off the body of the flesh. One translation says, in the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. And, I, and the question I wrote in my notes, does this mean our flesh has been literally removed? Well, I got hands, feet, eyes, right? Ears. So, no, it doesn't. So what does the body of the sins of the flesh mean? What's the body of flesh? Hey, man, you got it. We'll answer it. Throw it out here. That's part of it. The natural, the that which houses the natural man. Okay. So that body expresses that man. Okay. So the body of the flesh expresses the natural man. Okay. That's what all mankind did. They expressed Adam. Romans five says, Wherefore as by one man, verse 12, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. So that embodiment of that man of sin passed upon all men. Mankind embodied sin in the flesh. Did he not? He, he, he did because he came out of the seed of Adam. So what Adam produced was more of himself. And mankind as a whole 
was the embodiment of that man. And we see, we actually see a picture of Christ in Israel. Jacob was, name was changed to Israel. If you go back and read the story, all the children of Israel embodied Jacob's name. A changed name. You know, very, very important that his name was actually changed. was changed from Jacob to Israel. And that name Israel means Prince of God or, or as one with God, as God in the earth. So, so that was speaking of what was going to happen with Christ and the church. That's what it was speaking of. It was a declaration of the Lord and His body. And circumcision of the heart is what makes that real to us. Having our hearts, our minds, our most intimate part, our deepest part of of us circumcised. That's why we have to be baptized into His death. Glory to God. To cut away what's upon her heart, the old man. The old man is cut away from our hearts that we can see the newness of life that is in Christ Jesus the Lord. Amen. So that's, that's the operation of circumcision. Putting off the body of the sins of the flesh. The, no longer being the embodiment of Adam, but becoming the embodiment of Christ. Amen. That's circumcision. That's what we're called to, is to embody Him. That's what salvation is. is a change of what we embody. It doesn't mean we have different bodies physically. But what we're embodying in these bodies is no longer that of the natural realm. We're now embodying in our bodies that of the spiritual who is the Lord Jesus Christ from heaven. Glory to God. 1 Corinthians 15. Start at verse 35. 1 Corinthians 15, 35. Sweetheart, you're going to fry me. First Corinthians fifteen thirty-five says, But some men will say, How are the dead raised up and with what body? Notice it doesn't say bodies. It says singular. What body do they come? Thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened except it die. And that which thou sowest, thou sowest not that body that shall be but bare grain. It may chance of wheat or some other grain. But God giveth it a body as it hath pleased Him, and to every seed His own body. Now where was God's pleasure at? This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Right? All flesh is not the same flesh. There's one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another fishes, another birds. 
There are celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial. The glory of the celestial is one. The glory of the terrestrial is another. There's one glory of the sun, another of the moon, another of the stars, for one star differs from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. Who said he, who said he was the resurrection of the dead? Jesus did. He said, I am the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. Who was sown in corruption? He being in the form of God, thought it not robbery be equal of God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, made in the likeness of men. It was sown in corruption, the resurrection. It was raised in incorruption. Glory to God. It was sown in dishonor. It was raised in glory. It was sown in weakness. It was raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written. Here's, here's the natural and the spiritual. The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. That's the natural body. The last Adam was made a quickening or life-giving spirit. That's the Lord from heaven. Howbeit that was not first which is spiritual, spiritual that, but that which is natural, and afterwards that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As it is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy in our hearts, in our minds, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. So there's a bearing about in us. Paul writes, the dying of the Lord Jesus. So we bear that about in our bodies. What, what does that mean, we bear about the dying of the Lord Jesus in our bodies? That means that He died to this man. He died and conquered what was in this man. He never became part of it. Even though He was in it, He never became the nature of it. And He died to it. Glory to God. That we could be made and formed in the nature of who He is. Glory to God. That a new nature, a new mind, a new character, a new spirit, a new substance could fill us. And that new is the Lord Jesus Himself. Glory to God. That's circumcision. Cutting off the body of the sins of the flesh that embodiment of the first man, that embodiment of that creation that now we would carry about in our physical bodies the living Christ and in the reality of, of that being the body of Christ, embodying who He is. Amen. That's what we're called to, folks. Is the embodiment of Him. That's what circumcision does. And that's why, it, that's why the children of Israel and type and shadow had to be circumcised. They were coming into the new land 
and the new lamb was a place they had never been before. And that's what Christ is, a place we were never before. Our good works are not necessarily Him. See, see, He's greater than that. Now, He'll, His life in us will cause good works. But our good works in ourselves are not Him. It's His life in us. It's the works that are in us that are out of His life. Now, His life will cause you not to hate your neighbor, not to be prejudiced, not to have all these, these junk in your heart because it will circumcise the heart from the old man. And I, and I won't see a white man as greater than a black man or a black man as greater than a white man or a yellow man or red man or any color of skin. I will see that the man that I want to embody is a man of spirit regardless of the kind of skin that's on my physical body. I will bear in this body the life that is Christ, glory to God. And that's what God is after in the earth. And that's why there has to be a circumcision of our hearts that we bring about what God has done through the cross in the earth. Because if there's not the reality of circumcision in the heart, we're still, even though Christ has done the work, we're still going to live in the earth as the old man. In, in, in our mind. Now, Paul said we are circumcised. He didn't say we're getting circumcised. He said we've been circumcised through the work of Christ. But has that circumcision been made real, revealed in you? Have you experienced it? Glory to God. Has that thing of flesh began, begun to be removed from you? That's a question that only you and I know. See, see, I, you know, unless the Lord shows me what's in your heart, I don't know what's in your heart. I don't know what's going through your mind. You'd be sitting right beside me, and I think you're my best friend, and you'd be thinking... I wish he would fall over that light that he put in the floor. I'm kidding with that. But, but you don't know what's in someone's mind is all I'm trying to illustrate. You don't know what people are thinking unless God allows you to. And if He allows you to, it's for correction's sake. It's for, it's for the light of Christ's sake. It's never to promote you. It's always to bring about Him. That's, what it's, that's, why, that's why even we have the operations of the gifts of the Spirit in the body is, is for Christ to be magnified, to be manifest, to be declared, to be realized. It's, it's His gifts. It's gifts that operate through us, but it's Him that does Everything. Anyway, getting back to this man, see, see, we were born as a natural man in sin. Every one of us. 
And John said of Jesus that, Behold the Lamb of God, He has come to do what? Take away the sin of the world. And at the cross, He took away the sin of the world that you and I could enjoy a life outside of the sin of the world to be manifestly declared sons to enjoy a life as a son of God that's what he did and because you are sons not servants and because you are sons God has sent forth what the spirit of son of his son into where where did he put it at your heart that your heart would realize I'm a son. Amen. That your heart would come to a understanding I'm a son. See, that's the operation of circumcision. Because the Spirit of the Son is in my heart crying, God is my Father. Abba, Father, You're my Father, God. I've been circumcised out of the flesh realm. I've been circumcised out of the earth realm. And God, You are my Father. And the Spirit of the Son is in my heart crying that, declaring that God is my Father. And we take on that very nature and substance and image because that Son of God cut away the flesh that was against us. See, we couldn't get rid of it. I could try all my life. And that's what the law did with a lot of, a lot of good, what you call good people, is the law made them realize, I got something wrong with me, man. I messed up. I try to do good like Paul said, and, and evil's with me. I have this, this reality that in my heart I want to please God, but in my flesh I don't find the power to do it. But he comes on to say, thanks be to God who has given me the victory. And He gave me the victory over this beast nature through the cross and that circumcision cuts away out of the heart what was my problem. And it's the operation of Christ. And that's what we're in. We're in His work. Being made one with Him. That's why you have to be made one with Him. Because you couldn't do it. Because of the inability that was in us. So God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Right? His life. Ever eternal life. The glorious life of Christ. But He gave His Son to deal with our inabilities. To deal with our flesh, to deal with the body of the sins of the flesh. The embodiment of that man. That we could be the embodiment of Christ. 
couple more scriptures and and I'll be done this morning. Philippians 3 says, For we are the true circumcision. We are what? The true circumcision. Who worship in the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. And Paul goes on to say, Although I might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else has a mind to put confidence in the flesh, I far more. And he goes forth and gives you his credentials. He's born of the stock of, uh, of Benjamin. What, a Hebrew of the Hebrews? According to the law, perfect. Or blameless. So, so he gives you his confidence he could have had in the flesh, but he says, we're the circumcision. The, the flesh has been removed from our hearts. We're the circumcision of God who worship in the Spirit. And that's what Jesus said, the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and truth. And our glorying is not in ourselves, but our glorying is in Christ Jesus the Lord. And we put no confidence in the flesh. Zero. We, we put no confidence in the ability. We're the true circumcision, Paul writes. And Romans 2.29 says, But he's a Jew who is one inwardly. I wish the whole church would hear this. He's a Jew who is one inwardly, and true circumcision is circumcision of the heart by the Spirit, not by the fulfillment of the letter of the law. His praise is not of men, but of God. His praises of God. The circumcision of the heart, the cutting away of the old man by Christ, that the new man may come forth. That's the true Jew, Paul said. Paul said, He is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is in the heart and not in the flesh. See, see I don't care what nationality you're born of in the flesh. You have to come to the circumcision of Christ. Has nothing to do with the, what you are in the flesh. You have to be circumcised by the circumcision of Christ, whether you're black, white, red, yellow, whether you're Gentile, Jewish, and whether you're Italian or Indian. It doesn't matter. It's the circumcision of Him that deals with the man. That's what deals with the man and cuts him away. And it's that one that's circumcised in the heart that is the true Jew, the true Israel of God. That's what Israel spoke of. That's what Jacob's name being changed to Israel, a new man, a new creation. That's what the changed name is referring to. His name has been changed. His identity has been changed. He's moved out of the old man into the new man. And see, that's what we... It, it, Jacob is in type and shadow. We're not in type and shadow, folks. We're in reality because the truth has come. The reality. I am the way, the truth, the reality, and the life, the substance of this thing. I'm the way it's going to happen. It's going to happen through me. I'm, I'm how it's going to happen. I'm the truth of it, the reality of it. I'm the substance of it. I'm the life of it. 
And that's what we've come to, the way, the truth, and the life of Him. Glory to God. And, and if we heard this, if we understood this, see, see, then we would call no one His but those that have come through Him. And it would be helpful for, for those that have it. Because no one has access unto the Father. No one has access to this relationship of Son but through Christ. Because that's the relationship you have as a son. God doesn't see you as a servant, but as a son, as one with Him. That's your relationship. And as long as I think I'm just an old man doing the best I can, I'm not enjoying the real relationship that I have with God in Christ. And I see so many Christians not enjoying their relationship. That I, 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 I say this, and I, and I mean it. I, if I could, I would take what God has shown me, and I walk up to people, and I just, if, like water, if I, if I had the power to do it, I'd take it like a bottle of water and I'd just walk off and just pour it down your throat. Because it's so good. It's full of rest, it's full of peace, it's full of joy, hope. And it's in this relationship with Christ. And that's just—that's the reality. I mean, I mean, it's—it's it's no secret. I'm, believe it or not, I'm coming to a close. Uh, that's no secret. There's no, there's no magic pill. There's no magic prayer. We've tried to get magic prayers to, to suffice us. Give me the magic prayer. But Jesus says, hey, come unto me, all you labor and heavy laden. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. For my yoke is easy and my burden light, and I will give you rest to your souls. I'll bring rest through my death to your soul. Learn of me. Learn of me. And how do I learn of him? By relationship. I come into relationship with Him. And the Holy Spirit takes of Him. That's what He said. When the Holy Spirit comes, He's going to take me. He's going to take of me. He's going to take me. And He's going to show it. Show me. To you. In you. I love that Scripture. I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them yet. And he was speaking actually of himself. You can't bear me until the regeneration. You can't bear me until I go through the death, burial, and resurrection. Because you're going to bear me. I'm going to, I'm going to just show you myself. I'm going to transform you. Because the Holy Spirit's going to be in you. I'm going to be in you. And you're going to see who and what I am. 
I'm going to make myself real. Glory to God. Anyway, this uh, afternoon there, there will be a second service at 5 o'clock through Zoom. If you want to attend, give me your emails. I will send you an invite and you can come. We're going to start looking at grace, defining grace, what is grace. A lot of people are talking about grace in the earth. A lot of, there's a lot of grace preachers. I'm a grace preacher if you ask me. I, I'm definitely a grace preacher, but we're going to define what grace is. It's, I believe, more than what a lot of folks may say. I'm also a kingdom preacher. I'm also a Jesus preacher. You could call me a lot of things, right? So, anyway, just want to make that announcement. If you uh, just give me your email address... And we'll send out the Zoom invite. So we're going to do these. I'm, I'm turning off right now. And you can turn me off. We're going to do these at 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock. This will be the first one to do.